Hey, everybody. Welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes your life, the life of an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're going to meet Derek Foster. He's the owner of My Cool Neighbor in Iola, Kansas. Derek recently made the jump from employee to owning his own company. And today, you will hear his thoughts on making the shift from job to career and on getting debt free before launching out on your own. Derek is a great guy, and I'm excited to introduce you to him today. All right, let's get started. everybody we have Derek Foster with us today who is the owner of my cool neighbor in southeast Kansas uh Derek welcome to the podcast thanks I'm excited to be here all right and, uh, so to it. all Sorry. right well well let me <laughs> let me uh uh start with the question I start with everybody which is what is your origin story and what is your superpower how did you make your way into the world of HVAC uh, my origin story, um, I've always really been the kind of person who likes to work with my hands. I like to be technical and tinker with stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of the man of the house growing up because I was raised by a single mother. Mm -hmm. um, got into high school wood shop and really fell in love with woodworking and building and that kind of stuff. Um, I was inspired by my wood shop teacher and actually wanted to become a wood shop teacher. And then as I graduated high school, realized that uh, woodshop is kind of falling out of demand, so it's not a good career path. Mm -hmm. um, so then I just decided on teaching, but that's all going online, so that's also not a good career. Um, underpaid, you know, that kind of stuff. So, right. um, I went to college, just take some, some basic classes, just general math and history and all the, the stuff that counts for everything. Um, and as I took those classes, I tried to find something that I could do in the meantime. And one of my counselors and actually my mom pushed me into HVAC and said that it's something that you can do just to get some money in the bank and use that to fund additional college. And you know, you'd always have something to fall back on. Sure. So I followed that, um, went into HVAC, got my first job right before I graduated with, uh, with my degree. Um, and then I just kind of fell in love with it and never went back to school. So we've been in the field for 12 years now, um, with schooling before that. So this is, this is all I've known. Very interesting. So then how do you spend your days? Are you in the office only or are you in the field with your tools or what does your day look like? 
Um, currently, I'm a one-man shop, so okay. I uh, I play all 17 departments. <laughs> um, we're we're actually new to this area. We're from Kansas City, uh-huh. um, where I work with a bunch of bigger companies up there. Um, we moved to this area about a year ago, so I'm only a year into ownership. Um, but I'm finding out pretty quick that it's, it's a lot more than I expected. Sure. <laughs> we're, even though we're rural, um, everybody down here is it's a different pace. It's not as fast paced as the big cities, but uh-huh. um, it is still a, a huge demand on me as an owner. So sure, definitely a. Everybody thinks they can just jump out and do it, but it's a lot of work. Well, yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you, because I think in this audience, there'll be a lot of technicians who in the background of their mind are thinking, I'm going to do what Derek did someday. So what would be now a year into it? What kind of advice would you give somebody who's thinking about it? Um, come up with a thorough plan, a thorough business plan. Um, if you're going to start a company in the market that you're already in learn your market and the pricing that kind of stuff um come up with budgets you know what to spend when and that kind of stuff um the trickiest part for me was that we moved two hours away to a totally different market sure so i didn't know any of the pricing here i didn't have any um any network no friends or anybody around so we really did it the hardest possible way <laughs> moved to a new area and uh it's been a struggle but we're we're finally starting to get some ground under us good and then uh like how do you do your marketing do you are you like a google ads guy or are you door hanging or like what what kind of stuff do you do to generate business uh, like i said a little bit ago we're kind of rural so we've got a lot of farmers around us um uh-huh. kind of older generations um do a little bit on google but we don't rely on online presence because it's older older generations sure um, we found so far that yard signs have been our our biggest ticket um i put a yard sign everywhere i go um put them on the corners and you know restaurants if they get picked up there then i lose a yard sign but um, <laughs> all my customers have yard signs um customer a new customer calls they say hey i saw your sign here and that's that's been our biggest uh our biggest marketing tool so far. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that somebody who listens to this podcast is going to end up reaching out to you and saying, Hey, Derek, coach me. I'm, I'm thinking about taking the leap. I don't know. My wife is nervous, you know, so that the experience you're having can be uh, magnified across multiple people's lives. So yeah. uh, good for you for taking the leap. Good for you. Was it Thank stressful you. to make the decision? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, uh, uh, like I said in the beginning, it's you got to have a plan that allows you to do it because you can't just quit and then one day go start up. So we we had to develop. Uh, uh, my wife and I just came up with kind of a plan. Um, we had a, a house up in the city and we sold it right at the the peak of the real estate market. Oh, and got a pretty good return on that, um, and we were actually able to use that to pay cash for our current house. So we don't have a mortgage we have to cover. Um, all of our vehicles are paid off. So we, we don't have any, we're not in any debt really. Um, so if I don't work for a week, it's not the end of the world. We, we still have enough to make everything work. Yeah. Um, she also has a job, so that takes quite a bit of a burden off. Um, 
but eventually we'd like to be both employed here my cool neighbor yeah very good well i'll tell you just um to to extrapolate out some of what you just said for the audience who's thinking about should i do this don't miss what derek said about not having personal debt when you get started because the pressure goes exponentially up if you're not is thousands of dollars a month because now you're just now you've got to hustle just to have nothing because you've got to right. service that debt you know right and that and and, and when when someone is in the space of like mentally of that stress it reduces the way i talk about it with my with my clients most of whom are owners of air conditioning companies is inner i call it inner margins outer margins meaning what kind of personal inner margins i have do i have enough time do i have enough energy do i have enough love do i have enough sleep like if i've got those margins that's that's what allows me to have the perspective to create margins in business right and the two track with each other if i've got margins the business will probably also have margins if I don't, the business probably will not either because I'll make short-term decisions. I'll hire someone and expect a return on the investment in seven days. I'll, you know, uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll commit to something and then pull out of it too quickly because I need, I need a result now because the, 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 I don't have any personal margins to lean into. And so the more the business, and they cycle with each other, the more the business doesn't have margins, the more my personal margins slowly erode away. And that's what makes guys really crash and burn. And when they start a business, because they don't have margins. And um, I can tell with you, Derek, just your overall tone that you've got personal margins as you're doing this. I mean, they're challenged when you start a business, no question, but, but you're not like, you know, this is an audio only podcast, but I can see you as we're talking. You're not, there's nothing about you that looks nervous or, you know, like we need to get done with this. Cause I got to go collect an invoice right now. I'm going to miss my house payment, you know? So, um, well, I'm pretty nervous on the inside. So I've never done <laughs> podcasts or anything like this. It's all uh, on the outside, right? But yeah, but you're doing great. You're doing great. Um, okay. So let's talk about technicians. I mean, you kind of have both feet <laughs> in both worlds. You're a tech doing the work and you're, you know, you're independent right now. So you're a business owner as well. So from, uh, you know, speak to whatever kind of you feel moved to speak to here, whether it's an, an employed technician or someone who's in your position, um, everything on this, this podcast is all about points, points of view on the wellness and happiness of air conditioning technicians. So from your point of view, uh, what's something important for techs to know with regard to wellness and happiness in mind? Um, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, everybody has their own version of happiness. So it's, it's hard to say, this is what you have to do to be happy. Um, this is what you should get to be happy. Um, me personally, I'm a bit of a workaholic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I work on my business. I work for my business. And then when I'm not working on my business, I work on the house. Um, so I, I would, if anybody ever asked what's my hobby, it's, physical work. I'm always doing something. Um, if I'm not doing something, I feel like I've been lazy and I get kind of depressed. I'm not happy in that case. So, um, for me, it's not, not going to be this way for everybody or for most people even. Um, but for me, just having something to keep me busy is is what keeps me happy. Um, 
that does get overwhelming because I, I try to do so much. And, um, I'm very detailed, so the little details just drive me nuts if it's not perfect. So, uh, like I said, it does get overwhelming, but uh, back to the HVAC world, went off on a little rant there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, um, I know one of the biggest things for most techs is um, time on the clock, um, overtime, being on call, that kind of stuff. Um, I think in the residential world, especially the um, on call has gotten kind of out of hand. Yeah. Um, business owners have gotten so money hungry and they only look at the numbers. That's all they look at. They don't look at their techs. Um, I think that, like I said, on call has gotten so out of hand that we put customers so far ahead for our techs that we don't care if our techs make it home that night. Um, so one of my rules, one of my, one of the things I want to work by here at my company is we're not going to have on call. Um, and that seems to work down here in this, this rural area doesn't really work in the cities, but, um, we're only going to take calls nine to five unless it's an emergency. Um, in that case, there's going to be an additional charge, but it's got to be a proven emergency. Yeah. Busted water pipes or, um, a newborn with no heat and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, no weekend calls. We're not going to go out and adjust Miss Jones' thermostat <clears throat> because it's two degrees lower than it should be. Right. Um, I think business owners understanding that a happy tech makes happy numbers. Uh, so they really have to put their techs before before their customers, even though the money comes from the customers. Yeah, I am one hundred percent agree with you. Uh, Derek. And it, and again, my perspective comes in from studying labor markets and, you know, the, seeing what's going on in the industry generally. And I can tell you without question, in the next 10 years, probably longer than that, the competition is not for business. It's for technicians. I mean, that's, there's no one customer that's worth as much as a good tech. There just yeah. aren't. And, and, and it's, people who own air conditioning companies are slowly coming to the realization and those who come to it quicker are going to have an advantage that they are going to have to position themselves as competing for talent, not just offering people jobs and, you know, trying to figure out what that means. Cause a lot of times what people take that to mean immediately is I'm going to have to offer more money than everybody else, but not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of techs that if they make a fair wage and they're just treated very well and they have a flexible work environment, that's that's putting them that 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 company is is put ahead of many other companies in that context. And and certain practices like we're not going to tell you when it's the last call of the day. You're just going to keep catching them and we're going to keep sending them to you and we'll let you know when it's the last one. So that poor tech doesn't he can't tell his wife when, whether he's going to be home for dinner. He can't tell his kids whether he's going to show up for baseball practice. And so those kind of business models, I really think are becoming obsolete for exactly this reason, because yes. you can't compete for talent if that's the work environment. And you can be as well-meaning as you, as you want to be as an owner or as a service manager. It, it's not about whether you care. It's about being kind of mentally flexible enough to say, is there a way we can do this differently? Because, you know, this is an inferior environment for great technicians. They can go somewhere and not have to do this. Yep. And I can speak to that directly. Um, two of the, the big companies that I work for in Kansas City, um, 
one of them was the, the first company I worked for and I was there for five or six years. Um, big company, very well known, not going to mention names, but, um, they, they ran on call. Um, they had their installers, which is the position I was there. Um, their installers were running service calls and, and go backs after they finished an install. Um, my, my first week as a lead installer, I was actually supposed to be a helper for another installer. This is how I got my promotion there. Um, but the lead that was supposed to be on call hurt his back that week. So I took his spot as a lead on call mm. and I ended up working 90 hours that week. Ouch. As my very first, right <laughs> off the bat, here's a truck, 90 hours. Wow. Um, paycheck was amazing for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but man it it crushed me i was i don't know that i really want to do this this is this is a lot of work um <clears throat> that was the only week that i ever had over 60 hours but um beyond that was was a little more normal paced i guess 50 to 60 uh-huh. hours when uh, when i was on a call um then the next company i worked for your installers just do the work and then they go home and they come back the next day to do the work. They go home. Um, they put the happiness above profits and best way I can use to explain that there. Um, the week between Christmas and new year's Eve is popular vacation time. Everybody wants that off. If you requested that time off, you got that time off. So if you had vacation, you could get paid. If not, then it'd just be unpaid time. Um, so my first Christmas season that I worked at that company, I was the only one that was there that week because I didn't realize you could take that, take time <laughs> off like that. Um, but the whole department was gone. Everybody took that week off. And, wow. This is really cool. And, uh, management there was really relaxed. Everybody was, um, instead of trying to be family, everybody was friends. Yeah. Um, you, you go to a company and say, yeah, we're, we're a family here. But really, it's more of a friendship thing. Everybody was real relaxed and understanding. Um, if you wanted time off, you you get it. So it's, yeah. they're not going to make you work just because you don't have any more paid time. Uh, so that was that's something that I kind of wanted to model after, as far as time off and sure. Yeah, you know, and to to speak to that, you mentioned this earlier, and I'll go back to it about not having on call. You know, to some degree, and maybe you'd answer this better than I can, to some degree, that's a decision about what business, what kind of business you want and don't want, right? I mean, if you're going to do residential work, uh, it's, you know, again, short of an unusual emergency, they can usually wait until eight o'clock tomorrow morning, right? right? right. If If you're working low temp for, you know, somebody who's got $50,000 worth of food in their refrigerator, yeah, nothing, nothing. I mean, you could be at your daughter's birthday party, but you're going if that phone rings. Right. 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 So, so, so creating a life that you want for yourself involves thinking through things like that, you know, taking that kind of, that kind of, um, there's pros and cons to both worlds with residential. You're typically paid less than a commercial tech. Um, you have a little more normal hours, um, you have to deal with customers, but when you're commercial, you get those, those true emergency calls where you have to leave the birthday party. Um, 
you get paid for that emergency call pretty well, but it's it's kind of a trade-off. So if you're not happy with with your end of the trade-off, then go another route. Yeah. There's there's so much demand. There's you can go wherever you need to go. Yeah. And that's that's part of what for a technician to live a great life is realizing I can make these choices for myself. I can choose by where I choose to work. If I go out on my own, obviously <laughs> for sure. Um the uh and and I will I will challenge one thing that you said there, Derek, that that I would not agree in in, in 2023 that residential techs make more than commercial or excuse me, that commercial techs make more than residential techs because I have clients on both sides. And I think that was true 10 years ago, but residential wages are really climbing fast. And um, I would say that among my clients, it's actually the residential, you know, if you're, if you're that guy who's been there 10 years, now I'm, I'm not talking about the helper who's there on day one, but if you're the guy who's been there 10 years, pretty much you're, you're going to make a good wage working residential. Um, yeah. Now you just, it's, it's going to be, it depends what you like. It's going to be also a little bit more boring because it's one five ton split after another. Whereas if you're working in industrial or, or commercial markets, you know, you get to put your hands on a hundred ton mag chiller and really kind of sink your teeth into something interesting, you know? Um, and there's a little bit of that in residential, if it's a large house and there's a, you know, multi-phase advanced, a system that you're working with, but, um, but you then on the other hand with residential, you're also closer to the customer and you're much more, if, if what you love as a technician is a, this deep gratitude that the customer gives you, that's a lot more of that in residential than in commercial, you know? Yeah. So that's the thing. And that, and my, and my, my point in kind of saying all that is to say uh, for technicians, when you make the transition from job to career, which is really the, tra- that's the fulcrum point when techs start really thinking about this kind of stuff, you have all these choices in front of you and, and you, you know, it's important as a tech that you don't feel locked in to whatever's in front of you right now. If you want to move in the direction of going commercial, you can do that. And you want to, you want to work on rooftops and hundred ton units and, you know, really challenging technical environments hundred percent. You can move in that direction and you can have that. If you say, no, I want to be home at five o'clock just about every day, but you can have that too, you know, or if you want to, you know, like we talked about the low temp thing, if that kind of work environment is what you love, you know, and maybe you want to end up not working for an air conditioning company. Maybe you want to work for Walmart and you're just full-time with them, low temp. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I talked to those texts as well, but the point of the whole thing is you, you can make that call and go in that direction. If you want to own your own company, just like Derek, you can make that choice as well. So that, that, that the psychological impact of feeling like you have choice is a central psychological component to happiness. And so the more, you know, you're there because you chose it, the happier you're going to be every day. Yep. And that's, uh, that's something I didn't realize when I was at my, my first company that you know, I mentioned the 90 hours the first week. Um, it was, it was a happy company for the most part, but you get down to the nitty gritty and it wasn't really as great as it seemed on the outside. Right. Um, and, uh, that was my first company. I was 
I felt like a rock star there. I was doing really well. Um, and then they had a layoff and I was one of the, the guys that got laid off and that, uh, that really humbled me. Um, showed me that I am replaceable and, uh, really made me think that if I'm replaceable to the company, the company is replaceable to me. Mm. So just, just like what you were saying, if, if you're not happy where you're at, fire your company and go somewhere else. There you go. That's a two way street. Yep. You know, I, I was working with one of my commercial clients and, and the, the reality is that as a technician, when you start making yourself a professional and you put up a LinkedIn website or, or a page, you start kind of being that guy, you know, the opposite of the guy who just sits on his couch waiting for a phone call, like the guy who's out there, he's engaging on a community level. Um, you will be so in demand as a technician the the it's just the reality of what's happening in the labor market and so we i'm i'm sitting with about a i don't know a dozen or so supervisor technician supervisors uh and we were joking how you know any of them could get another job in 15 minutes if they wanted to and they started sharing stories of one of them got like flagged down at a at a red light the guy said pull over pull over pull over and said you should come to work for me you know, another guy gets half accosted in the elevator of a hospital just because he's wearing his uniform was going to visit his mom. And they said, are you an air conditioning technician? Yeah, you should come to work for me. And they, they were all telling these stories. And so we took a break. And one of the guys in the room said, I'm going to test this. So he called another company, you know, and <laughs> thank God he didn't take the job or my client would have shot me. But the, the he called another company. And in 15 minutes, he had a commitment to a wage what truck he was going to get. Just don't even think about it. Just drive over here right now. And that's the reality. And so it, when, if you're a technician and you're feeling like, man, I, I don't, I don't like where I'm at right now. This is not good. It's not good for me at least realize that, you know, there, there is the, the reality of putting in a few years. So you have some experience. It's, it's a real thing. You, mm -hmm. you, you, you need to know, how to troubleshoot. You need to learn some things, but once you get, you know, five years in or so it's time for you to decide that you've got a career that you want. It's more than a job for you now and make these decisions about what you want in your life and, and just take ownership of it and go get it, whatever it is. And there's really no wrong answer to that, whatever it is. Yeah. I have a, a story about that. The random recruitment you were talking about, um, I was on my way home from work, still in my uniform and stopped at Home Depot so that I could do stuff in my house at the time. And uh, I was in the bathroom washing my hands and an owner from another company came into the bathroom and started talking about hiring me in the bathroom at Home Depot. <laughs> this is kind of an odd, odd place for an interview, but it's, uh, it definitely happens. I mean, we're, yeah. Once you know what you're doing, um, like you said, once it's more of a career than a job, Mm -hmm. You can do anything you want to do, yeah. wherever you want to go. Yep. And you can kind of, you know, once you get married and you have a family, you're, you're less geographically mobile, but if you, if you're single, you can also kind of go anywhere. You're like, yep. man, I always, I always wanted to try out the Pacific Northwest. Well, there you go. You go try that out, man. I always wanted to live like South Texas. Like, <laughs> okay. They, they, they need cold air down there too. You know, so that, I just think that technicians too often um, 
and, and there's a lot of reasons why I hope it doesn't come across as negative, but hardly anybody in air conditioning is in it because that was their goal the whole time. They kind of found right. their way there. And so they're not used to kind of looking at the whole horizon and making these choices that work out for them. And so, but you need to realize for, for the audience, it's, I think it's probably about a five-year deal. You need to put in some years to, you know, kind of establish that you know what you're doing and, and, you know, you, this, this isn't something you get right out of two-year trade school, but once you know what you're doing, you've got some, you know, experience under you it's time to start crafting a life for yourself that you want. Yep. Yep. You hit it. And I, I like the way you said it earlier, where you compare the job versus the, the career mm-hmm. um, for the first couple of years, it's just a job. You show up, you're, you're trying to learn. Um, hopefully you are learning. Hopefully you're a good company and you are learning, um, but you're not able to just go out and, and go fix your grandma's unit. Maybe you are, maybe it's something simple, but, um, after five years or so, you should be able to be able to figure that kind of stuff out. And at that mm-hmm. point, you're, you're able to craft a career. Yeah. And, and again, speaking from a residential side, you know, you should by five years in, and this is where you can gauge, am I, am I at the right place? You should have enough opportunity at five years in, uh, to have done some troubleshooting, done some change outs, um, you know, maybe a little bit of sales, uh, maybe a lot of sales, depending on where you are. But sometimes the way companies are set up, um, there isn't as much upward mobility like that. So if you're, if you're working with a guy who's been there 10 years and he's never done anything but change outs like installs, then you need to be careful with that because there are things about, and it's not a, it's not, I'm not anti owners when I'm saying this, it's a, it's an efficient business model. But if guys in your company are not consistently moving from helper to install to service to sales and that, that movement, then you could get locked in and spend 10 years having only one year of experience 10 times. And so, (laughs) you know, if you want to have that five-year thing, you need a variety of experiences. And if you can't get it where you work, you might have to work a couple places in order to get it. Yep. If there's a, um, the beginning of that, I, I thought of a specific tech that I worked with at, at another company. Um, he's been an installer for 20, 30 years. And he was at uh, the first company I worked at. And he's just comfortable with what he does. And yeah. He, he wants to move up. Um, I just don't know that he really has the drive to move up and get out of his comfort zone. So he just kind of sticks with what he knows and goes home at the end of the day and comes back next day. And here again, if that's what makes a guy happy, by all means, live a life that you enjoy. I'm just yeah. for the guys, you know, and, and he may be that. I, I'd feel bad for him, though, if he looks around and says, man, I'd, I'd like to catch a call and not just install over and over again. I mean, I mean, <laughs> these guys, man, half these guys didn't even have tools in their truck. They just go sell a catch a call and they just sell something. They just go to the next call. You know, I'd like to taste that, you know, being able to um, to have that breadth of experience. So you just even know what you want, you know, yeah. that I think it's important. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let me ask you, uh, tell me about some people that in your, in your world that, uh, you look up to. Um, like we mentioned in the beginning, I, 
I really like education. I'm obsessed with learning and teaching. Um, I have another little topic I'd like to talk to about that in a bit, but um, some of the big names that I like to kind of idolize are uh, Brian Orr. Um, he's out in Florida. He runs HVAC school group and does all kinds of training and um, teaching. Um, then there's Ty Bennington. Um, he kind of does the same thing where he's specialized or I guess focused on training the next generation of techs. Um, there's, there's pretty big community that's wrapped around that training of future generations. And that's uh, something that I'd really like to, to work on. That's, you know, I originally wanted to be a teacher and yeah. um, I've actually talked with another company owner here in my area. And as you've mentioned, we, nobody can find help. There's such a demand that it's hard to find help. Yeah. Um, so I've tossed around the idea of going to the high school um, advertising to to the high school, find maybe five or six kids and just go to the park on Tuesday afternoons and teach them about HVAC, let them play with the tools, um, teach them how to raise, and do it all free, just get some interest in the trade. Um, one of them might work for me, two of them might come work for me, they might go work for my competitors. It doesn't matter for for teaching the next generation. So it's right. That's kind of the the model I'm trying to follow with the with those other guys. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, and I really think definitely um, the general content of the training, you know, the technical skills and uh, sales and customer service skills and that kind of stuff is super important. But for that age group that you're talking about, just the just helping them get a vision for what it might be like to work in the trades. Um, cause there's, we all know there's so much kind of negative stereotyping of, you know, life in the trades, like, you know, it's like every, if you have a job in the trade, you're basically diving headfirst into a cesspool every day. And it's not, yeah. it's not like that, <laughs> you know, and there's they, a, there's a million different versions of this. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's the uniforms is sometimes related to being a janitor and I don't want to put down janitors or sure. or anybody that works because they're working. Um, but a lot of people see janitors with a, a plunger and a toilet. And I get, I think they, everybody just relates that to tradesmen with uniforms. Yep. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Nobody wants to plunge a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's another story there for another podcast, but, um, <laughs> So Derek, if we, is there anything else that you felt like with a view toward things you want to have technicians know, or you would want technicians to know, is there anything else? Um, things that I would want technicians to know, um, we're hiring, <laughs> everybody's hiring. Um, yeah. find, find what you want, um, and then go get it. Yeah. 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 It's simple. Yeah. I, I think, and I think it's a good word coming from somebody who's doing it. You know, it's one thing for them to hear from me, Hey, this is, this is the landscape, you know, because I studied the landscape. It's another thing from a guy who's done it and is doing it to say, look, figure out what you want, get enough experience. So you know what you're doing and then, you know, figure, you know, do go find what you want to do. You know, what, what part of the country you want to live in, 
what what kind of life you want to have and because you can have it as an air conditioning tech you can have it yep and we were we were pretty lucky in in my situation because uh um we were able to sell our house when we did and, and hit that peak in the, the market but um it's because we knew we wanted it and we were watching for that we were yeah. we were watching for that a peak um it wasn't just uh we put our house on the market and just happened to hit the market. We were, we were ready for it. Uh, we knew we wanted to move. Um, so we, we made it work for us and, and it really worked. Yeah. So it, it definitely takes some planning and some commitment, but if you want it, you can have it. So Derek, if someone in the audience wanted to reach out to you and introduce themselves, what's a good way for them to do that? Um, you could find us on our Facebook page. Um, Facebook slash my cool neighbor. Um, we have a website, uh, Google, or we are on the internet, even though we, we don't do a whole lot on the internet. <laughs> um, I think our, our phone lines on, on our website. So however, however you want to find us, we're, we're online. My cool neighbor. Okay. Well, listen, everybody, Derek Foster, he's holding it up down there in uh, Southeast Kansas. Great role model for you guys. Great role model. Put in the time. Now he's living the life he wants to live. Uh, Derek, you're, you're, you're exactly the kind of guy I want to have on my podcast over and over again. Um, cool. I really appreciate you being here today. Yeah, I'd be glad to come back. All right. Well, everybody, uh, Derek Foster, look him up. Great guy. We'll see you all next time. A good life is had at the HVAC.